Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the next installment of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals across state lines, across the internet, because I can, because it's okay, and you enjoy it. But without further ado, let's get to today's title sponsor of the podcast. That is Mr. Go Fast, Don't Suck, Bill Duda himself. Bill's fantastic. He goes to all the major matches that you want to go to, but you can't afford to because responsibilities. So go check out GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Get your match jerseys. Get some dry fire decals. Uh, go get yourself a hat because hats are like the new cool thing. Instead of t-shirts, you want hats as swag. Go ahead and over, run over there to GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Tell Bill Manny sent you. Move on with your day. But without further ado, with all my rambling, let's get to today's guest. Today's guest is Mr. Jimmy Erickson. Jimmy, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And thank you for sitting me down with me on this late October day. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's kind of cool. Um, I met you uh not well back in 2020. It's uh, 2021, it seems like, is when I first met you at uh, uh the Ryan Rocks Charity Blast. Yes back in the it seems forever ago i know right it seems like it's it's been crazy. you know time flies when you're having fun but it's it's crazy so um for anybody who doesn't actually know who you are so who are you and how did you get into shooting well i'm jimmy erickson i i shoot for um uh defiance arms and dg bullets but uh i got into shooting probably about Five years ago, my uh, my dad and I actually started after a concealed carry class. Um, the the host of the class said, "Hey, why don't you come out and shoot shoot some of this with us?" And it was just a, a loose loose ruled event. There was really no USPSA or IDPA or any of that sort of of gaming to it. So we shot that, and I kind of got hooked. So then I started some steel challenge, and one thing led to another. I ended up into USPSA, uh, shooting limited minor, which was a blast. And then I, I got into shooting major or uh, open major and I've never looked back. Yeah. That's usually how it seems. It's like always this gateway drug to the next gun, to the next gun, to the next gun. Um, but when, yeah, you start, absolutely. when you started in USPSA, what gun was that? Um, I actually started with a Glock 34. And then uh, shortly after that, I upgraded to a uh, um, custom-built uh, Glock 34 from, oh, where was that gun from? I can't even remember where I got that gun from, but it, it ran great. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And you said you've been doing this for about five years, which is awesome, you know, getting to this. Yeah. Um, when I met you back in 2021, I swear to God, you had the hodgepodgiest open gun. <laughs> yes, I oh, did. I still have that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, runs great. Is it? That is freaking awesome. Because that thing, you look at it and you're like, as like especially as an arm, you're like, what the F is this thing? I'm like, yeah. and then you just keep giving them look, giving them looks, but it ran, right? Yep. It always ran. That's because it was so loose and floppy. You could throw it in a bat of concrete and it'd still shoot. Yeah. That is pretty cool though. That's, that's not bad at all then. No, 
old so, wore out. Yeah, old and wore out. But hey, that's kind of like a Glock, right? You know, they're all yep. just old and reliable. Pretty much. So pretty much. What made you want to go from well, like pretty much essentially straight to open? Um, uh, I I tried somebody's open gun at one of the matches, and it's <laughs> it just stuck from there on. Yeah, there's just you know once you go open, you don't go back. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it seems like that. I've even decided that I'm only going to shoot open, even though currently I don't have an open gun yet. I've been shooting a carry optics gun in open. Just because I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, well, it works. I, yeah, and I even had to hold my own because I was not going to run, start the next season off being unclassified. I had to make sure my club held a classifier match so it could be classified. <laughs> I haven't shot a classifier. I've shot like two classifiers all season. Well, typically my club, we don't, we don't run classifiers because we'd rather just put more field courses up. But I was like, ah, fuck, we're going to have to do a special match <laughs> just, yep. to get, just to get them in. But so have you taken any other than that CPL class? Have you taken any formal training? Um, A couple classes. I shot with Bob Vogel for a little bit and uh, that was right when I started getting into competition shooting. And that just gave me the, the basics of, of learning what I should do and when I should do it. And then uh, it was pro it was in between my season of um, going from limited minor to open that I took a class with uh, Elias for Gillis. Oh, okay. And his movement taught me, he taught me a lot on my movement. So, but other than that, I'm, I'm self-taught. I've done all the books, you know, I've got the um, Steve Anderson books and the Ben Stoger books. And I, I've done a little chatting with JJ Ricaza and, you know, just about everybody I could get, I could get to talk to me just to kind of peel off whatever little bit of information I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. And the nicety part of the internet is like no one's that far away. They're just a a quick message away. It's not like you got to send them a letter or anything or wait till you see them at the next match because the internet didn't exist. Yep. So, and it that that's one of the best best things about this sport is everybody's always so willing to help. They'll give you little tidbits of of information here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone's always willing to either either give you the advice you asked for or the advice that you didn't solicit. <laughs> yep. Which sometimes it's good nor bad, right? It's like there's always the old, you know, it always seems like there's the old guys in the back who are like, "Oh, you got to slow down and get your hit, son." And I'm like, yeah, "Yep." But you're but you're the guys at like the bottom of the fucking match. <laughs> yeah. I have literally never had anybody tell me that. No one's told I've, me I, that, but they've definitely told people around me that. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard it, but not personally to me. Usually yeah. I get those people and they kind of go off onto a different direction than where I'm at. Yeah. And, and it's you know, you know when to who and who not to squad with, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's definitely I think a big thing that some people don't realize is you you've got to figure that out is who you squad with and who you don't squad with. But um, you, so you talked about, uh, you know, your new Defiance gun, that your new sponsor. Um, what kind of, how'd that come about anyway? Um, Well, 
I had been talking to him for a little while from uh, Jason mm -hmm. and uh, he hadn't really been started to build open guns yet. So we just kind of went off of a, a whim and here, you know, you help me, I help you. We went through some renditions and odds and ends like that. And that's, that's pretty much, it was just a reach out to it from the internet. I was, I was actually looking to buy a new open gun and upgrade from the SPS and uh, it just, God let it come out and that's, that's where it stayed. Well, that's, for, I, that's I talked to many, Go ahead. I talked to many other builders and uh, you know, they're, they're all good. There's, you know, you can't bash any of them. They they all have, everybody's going to have a quality control thing once here, once there or whatever, but he, he personally kept me in touch with, with absolutely every step of the process, even to when the, the fine parts came in, it was a, a spring plunger that came in and he, that day he sent me the text saying, yep, got the last part. It's going together. So that is pretty cool that I will say that is pretty cool. Especially now it's uh, doo -doo -doo, there it is. Um, especially when the build is super communicative and the, you know, they want to keep you updated instead of, you know, you, so for the most part, you, most people put out a bunch of money on a gun and they're like, I'll see it in two years. <laughs> yep, exactly. And his waiting line wasn't that long. And I, I, I just jumped on it. As soon as he offered, I it was like, yeah, let's do this. Mm -hmm. So I knew with, with my knowledge and with his knowledge that we can, we can make something real good. Mm -hmm. Now, is he mostly like, was he building limited guns before that? Yeah, limited, single stack. And uh, now he's actually got quite a few open guns out there, which is, it's real nice. Mm -hmm. It is definitely nice, especially to see, you know, not as a necessarily a one-off gun. You know, you can see they can keep repeating the process and repeating the steps to make functional guns. Yep. So it looks like your gun, I pulled it up on Instagram to look at it. It looks like what most of your, your gun is what, chili parts, it seems like. Yeah, it's got a chili frame and chili grip and uh, magwell, and then um, I don't know what what he used for the slide, but it's got a KKM barrel with a uh, the full top on it, mm -hmm. and then it's got the it's a hybrid barrel. It's got um, the Akai Shoto comp on it, Atlas Gunworks uh, safeties, red dirt trigger extra aggressive uh chili grip is on mm -hmm. that one it's uh egw trigger parts mm -hmm. and so yeah pretty much all the same stuff everybody else is using yep but it's easy it seems that your hollow sun survive it did i actually i bought a brand new one for this particular gun and uh it was running good and then i I put my gun up the one day after a match and then I took it out. I was going to do a little dry fire about four days later and the diode wouldn't turn on. So I, uh, I emailed Hollison up and they said, well, yep, just send it back in and you know, we'll take a look at it. And I sent it in. They said, yep, we received it. Yep. It doesn't work. Yep. We're going to either fix it or we're sending you a new one. And I don't know. It was all in two weeks. I had a, a whole new optic and put on it, but I took my the one off my SPS and put on on uh, my Anarchy, 
and that's got that's been on five guns now and it's it's still solid mm-hmm. yeah you, you you see you saw it when it was really popular before like the sigs all came back out it was a very popular big window dot now you don't see it very much anymore yeah but it's still so cool. I, it is i i like it it just you know i I, I don't see the, the frame or anything. I just see the dot on the target. So I guess even if it had a smaller window, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. It works great for me, and I stuck with it, and I have no issues with it. Yeah, and that's the cool part, you know, because gear really doesn't matter. Well, we'd like to say the gear doesn't matter, but it, it's one of those things. of You know, when, you're, when your gear is reliable, it doesn't matter because then it's all about you pulling the trigger as fast and accurately as possible. Exactly. Yeah. So... Uh, what 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 classification did you are you currently at and open? I am. I just clicked over into A class actually. Well, good about time. <laughs> yeah, I know. But when you don't shoot much for classifiers, it's hard to get up there. Yeah, or you shoot major matches and not the right people show up. Yeah, that's happened too. Yeah. So. I'm, I do pretty good on that. I hold I hold my own there at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, usually around your area, it seems like you are like the heat, right? Yeah, I pretty much stick in the top. Uh, the last match, I I ended up having a bad mag spring, and I I had a failure to feed, causing a jam. So I, if I would have taken that time, backtracking it, playing the what if game, I would have I would have won high overall on that one too. But I'm almost undefeated in in the northern wisconsin area yeah that, that is quite nice i mean although there might only be like no i'm just teasing like only 30 people but no that is cool yeah i mean you uh, still you still get to beat phil janicky but that's not hard sorry phil if you <laughs> listen to this <laughs> i like phil yeah phil's my boy yeah well, shit, because he's a, he's a Michigander who drives all the way over to Rhinelander to shoot. Yes, he is. He, I see. It. I shoot him all the time. Yeah, that's always cool. Because what? Yeah, he's he's the match director up there, isn't he? Um. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, gives you uh, all the fun bits, right? You get to yep shoot with them, and sometimes when you shoot with those people, you don't have to tear down. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah sometimes but it's always nice to be respectful and throw that helping hand they put a lot of work in setting up that that match mm-hmm. and even if not many people show up i still get a joy shooting it so i may as well throw in chip in help in with whatever i can mm-hmm. oh absolutely so currently what drives your shooting to progress um i just I'm addicted to it. I love it. It feels good. It's when when you start shooting and and your that that timer goes off. It's like there's nothing else in the world. It's just you and that dot. A uh, completely clear mind, and it's. I just always want to improve on that. I want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to its absolute full potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been that way with pretty much everything. Yeah. And I think most of us are. It seems like that we all we all want to be the best we can be at it. 
within our own limitations. But I guess the trick for most of us is figuring out what we can actually do and what's realistic for our skill levels other than, oh, I'm going to go win nationals, but I'm a D-class shooter, right? <laughs> I'm going to go win nationals yep. overall. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it seems... I, I very often don't place with my actual classification group. Mm-hmm. I get I get labeled as a sandbagger from my buddies, but uh, it's just because I don't shoot that many classifiers. Yeah. Well, and it seems like, you know, most clubs, they don't want to run them because, you know, it's extra money. Really, at the, the grassroots level, it takes away money from the, the local club because you got to pay it back to USPSA. Cause yeah, you, absolutely. Because then, honestly, it takes, it's a dollar, if, if you looked at it, it's a dollar fifty a shooter without a classifier. You automatically double that if you have one classifier. So you, so you give away $3. So yep. I, and if you only charge like $20 or $25 on a match fee, you automatically lose three bucks. If you take cards, there's another $2 that's gone. Plus, I don't know what like your section's like, but at least in the Michigan section, every match, every shooter. So for that match, if you had like 30 shooters, each shooter has to put it a dollar out of their match fee goes towards the section fund. So there's another dollar off the top of that. So just take the more and more you pick off the top, you're losing for the club. Yep, absolutely. And at the, this last year, especially, it was hard getting a good turnout with the way fuel prices are and uh, the way um, ammo prices are. It's just insane. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is insane. And it's like what locally, what were you getting out for local average turnout? Um, well, Rylander, you're looking uh 20 25 and then uh ripping a lot of times we'd hit up to 60 and ripping and those are my my two main that i always go to Mm -hmm. well that's pretty good then i mean yeah our average is about 40 ish you know maybe we'll get 42 but it's 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 challenging because then you get people you might have 42 on practice score and then six of them don't show up because they didn't feel like it and you're like, well, that sucks. Yep. See that a lot. Mm-hmm. They well, say they don't feel like it. What really happened is their wife said no. Yeah. That's when you just disappear in the morning before everyone gets up, right? You sneak out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I I'm going through a split up, so I don't I don't worry about that anymore. Yeah. That that's yeah, that's that's a thing. So I see from checking out your Instagram, it's I see funny. Yeah. I I see that you're going you switched from the TiVo and you're trying out the convex from Range Panda now after you're shooting with after you shot with Eric at Area Five. Yeah. What, what what are your thoughts between the two of them since you've played with them both? Um both are great thumb rests. Uh I do like the 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 panda thumb rest better. It's just uh, it sits a little lower, lets me break my my wrist into a better lock position for me. Otherwise, uh, my SPS, I'm still running the TiVo on it, and it's it's a solid thumb rest. Mm-hmm. There's no one thumb rest is going to be the solution for everybody. You just gotta 
play around with whatever you can get your hands on and see where it goes. In fact, I even, even Eric's thumb rest there, the Panda thumb rest, I modified that to move it farther forwards because I got these long friggin' thumbs, big hands. And, uh, I just, I don't like my thumb sitting up that high. I like it pushed down mm -hmm. right, right tight on the side of the frame as it pretty much as low as I can get it. Well, that's pretty so, cool. And that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of what to determined me to switch it over. Mm -hmm. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And yeah, and you're right. Nothing's ever going to be exactly good for all types of people, all thumbs, all hands, you know, cause everyone's got different size digits and, Yep, but that those are the two lately I've seen the the push for right is the the range panda offerings compared to the TiVo thumb lock, so yeah, it's you know six of one, half a dozen of another. It I play with them both and see what you like best. And the when I talked to Eric on it, he uh, he sent me a loaner and let me play with it for a while. He said told me right out if you like it buy one if not send it back we're good to go he told me right out you know things things don't work for everybody but he's more than willing to work with people so and i i respect that a lot mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah and it's cool that you know he's like he doesn't get offended if somebody doesn't like his product yeah yeah so so currently you know what is your training schedule looking like um, right now it's really going to start slowing down just due to the fact that, uh, winter's winter's hitting up here. So my, my live fire ain't going to be nearly what it was. Um, for the most part though, I do pretty much almost all dry fire. Most of my live fire is done at matches or, uh, adjusting, adjusting springs or whatever in my gun, making sure I'm zeroed and, then I just go, I'll go out and shoot a match and be, have no problem. But uh, most of my actual training is done dry fire. I do mm -hmm. movement. I do the dry, I do it all. It's just, it's easier to do when you have three kids and uh, not, not enough money to buy that much ammunition or make that much ammunition, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, and, and live fi ugh, dry fire really can be the key for a lot of people and some people don't take advantage of it i know myself I, i've been kind of lazy this season i haven't really done much dry fire i'll uh i'll do upwards two three hours a night of dry fire especially if i don't have my my kiddos on those nights i'll easily i got nothing better to do i may as well you know grab my gun and go to town and see see how much better i can get Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely something really cool to be able to just hammer it out. I, I have a poor attention span. I'll admit this. My listeners know it too. Cause I'll ramble on about random crap, but I have a bad attention span. So like if my phone boops or something I'm like, Oop. Oh, what were we doing here? Oh yeah. We were dry firing. I guess I got to put this away again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I treat it a lot like a workout. There's days that you just aren't going to want to do it. And if you're not willing to put the work in, you aren't going to get any better. <clears throat> you got to put that work in. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it it definitely 
shows when you when people don't want to put the work in and they or they're just going through the motions right and if you're going through the motions that you you're, you somewhat don't get the benefit out of it yep yeah you gotta i i'm very uh i like steve anderson's way of he how he does it with mm -hmm. the part times and working on on beating your part time and taking certain aspects out of it you can only train one thing at a time you can't train speed and accuracy together. You got to train your speed. And then as your body gets used to that speed, your accuracy will start to fill in. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, the accuracy will come with speed or, you you know, if you speed up eventually, you know, you'll find that raw speed that you need and, and all that yep. good stuff. Now, with that being said, you do a lot more dry fire than live fire. How do you prepare for matches then? What's in your mindset and whatnot? How do you, how do you really get prepared for a match? Um, to be honest with you, I just go by by faith. I know uh, I'm a very religious person, and and God is number one in my life. So I pray before every match. I pray before every stage, and if something bad happens during that stage, well, it's done. It's over with. You can't you can't change it. Just keep moving on. Let it go. I clear my mind and you know, it it's what's going to happen is going to happen. You just got to go along with it. So I, I pretty much, I just show up and I shoot. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, and that's a good mentality too, right? Like I, I do believe in the Andersonian way of, you know, you know, that's the stage, you know, leave it off that stage, you know, be done with it. You, you can't drag it on to the next one. Cause then your whole match goes downhill from there. It seems like. Absolutely. Or for at least at my skill level, you know, it seems at least that's how it feels like. Luckily enough, I haven't had that problem of dragging the bad stage into the next one. Yes. It's usually just me fucking up the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my fair share of that. Yeah. You, you do bad on this one. You do bad on the next one. And yeah, it happens. Yeah. Some and, days you win. Some days you lose. You yeah. just got to you got to stay humble. Mm -hmm. exactly and that's and it can't be said better than that um um so let's talk i would, would like to talk a little bit about the major matches you've shot this year how many in total have you gotten to shoot this year um six i believe mm -hmm. so i had at minnesota sectional wisconsin sectional michigan sectional ryan rocks area five five so that's that's the most I've had in a in a year so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that next year for me is going to be the big one. I think I'm pushing for six, but I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out if I can hit six or not. Yeah, I yeah. gotta see how things are going for with with my kiddos before I can uh, I can plan too many. But I'm definitely planning on hitting hitting five again. There you go. Now, um. So you went to Minnesota. Was that the that was the one with uh with Nancy, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I I, I need I need some eyes on the ground here because all I saw was what was on the internet. Um Yeah. So how many stages at that point have you shot on that match? Four. Oh, so you're probably almost halfway through the match, right? Yeah. You three of them I was three of those stages I was sitting at a hundred percent. 
That's no fun. But you got to save oh. half the ammo. <laughs> yeah, I did. But that's a long drive for uh, going home early. That's actually my my first DQ ever. I I've never been DQ'd until then. Yeah, and that and that, that especially it's got to suck. Because how far of a drive for you is that? Um, it ends up being about five hours, one way. Ugh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's no fun. I, I would definitely hate to make that drive, and then get DQ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it it's not to drive that, and to be honest with you, the DQ really didn't bother me. Yeah, I was a little upset, but you know, there's they weren't changing their minds on it, no matter how much I proved that. There, there was no way, but uh, they weren't changing their minds. And like I said, you're just better off to let it go. And I, uh, I helped out for a little bit after that, but then I ended up heading home because why take an extra day off of work if I didn't have to? Yeah, because well, you're gonna take the month because you shot on Sunday, right? Yeah. So you know, you would have stayed in the hotel or whatnot, and then drove home on Mon- on Monday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Why, why take an extra day off work? That yep. you not that you won't get back, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I got home and you know, thank God for my safe travels and loved on my kids and just kept moving forwards. Yeah, exactly. That's all you can do. But now they could have obviously have made that stage a little bit better to not be necessarily a one eighty trap, but maybe maybe the ROs weren't right. Maybe, maybe they, I don't know. I wasn't there, but it, it definitely sucks is when only the DQ, all the DQs for the match came on one stage. Yeah. I, was, I, I don't like getting into the, the back and forth of it, but there's definitely something funky when, uh, when all the DQs were by the same person on the same stage where she was standing in the same spot doing the same exact thing. And, uh, it just seems a little awkward and, her her reasoning is is she goes I saw the front of your holster and I looked at her I said okay you saw a big deal you saw the front of my holster where was my gun I'm running a CR Speed Ultra holster mm-hmm. if you saw the front of my holster my gun obviously was not in that holster yep so I would, I would argue that you don't have a front of your holster because it goes on the I, trigger guard behind the gun I'm I'm gonna point that out yeah I, and. I tried that. Nah, mm-hmm. they weren't having it. Yeah. So. But hey. Oh well, whatever. Exactly. You can't win them. And you can't win. You can't win some, and you can't lose some. So, can't put exactly too much into it. But how, so you also shot Area Five. What did you think of that match? I loved Area Five. It was it was difficult. I made a lot of my own mental errors. Um, some long far out there mini poppers everything mini poppers which i'm totally fine with it's just i need to remind myself that hey when they're out there and you're you're taking a bit of a poke on that you uh you need to aim down just a hair bit lower to accommodate that bullet rise for that distance mm-hmm. you want to know why we only use mini poppers because everybody trains on big poppers no, we only got four big poppers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, well I, just I had no issues with it. Yeah. And well, and, and then I, the other part is, is like, we just, 
they're easier to carry because they rip apart from the base and you just carry two halves and that's a lot lighter than oh, yeah yeah heck yeah no i i loved it <laughs> i have no problems with shooting it with a match having nothing but mini poppers it i'm just i'm fine with it it's another target needs to be shot so i'm gonna put a bullet on it mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's really what it comes down to is it's just put a bullet on it and you're okay now you would, I would definitely say that match was definitely a shooting match. That was not a gimme, you know, gimme and um, gimmicks game. Yeah, absolutely. That was a solid match. That's probably the best to date that I've shot match-wise. Um, multiple ways of shooting pretty much every stage. And they were, they were well-designed. They definitely put you in your, your challenge aspect. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely did um i'm excited for, i'm excited for what uh ken the match director will come up for uh 2023 I yeah know. that'll be interesting I'll, I'll definitely be back yeah now honestly what did you think of the day and a half format i'm i'm fine with it um if i can get it all done in one day i'm fine with that too day and a half it it really doesn't matter to me yeah, I, I just heard some people com- not necessarily complain about it, but they didn't like it as much as one day. But you are shooting 15, 15 stages in a match. and it's kind of- Yep. Yeah, and you get two days of shooting out of it. So I, I was good. I had a great squad, and, you know, I, I couldn't have been happier with, with the the squad and the, the match and the stages. Uh, I didn't I didn't live up to my reputation of – how well I typically shoot, but I definitely had a blast at that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely did have an awesome squad. You had, you know, you had Eric from Range Panda, Gianni Giordano from Range Panda, um, Andrew Hyder, Chase Reigns, Spencer Stein, um, and then a couple a couple people from Canada. Well, two from Canada. Yep. And then I think one from Guam, I think. I can't remember where Tony's from, but... Yeah, I, I think he's from Guam. He was the only karaoke shooter on the whole Stuad. <laughs> he was. But, you know, everybody included him like family, too. It was it was a great squad. And, you know, you, you go out and you squad with... I never met any of these guys in... I met, I've met Andrew a few times, but I've never actually shot with any of them in my life so it's you know i put myself in a squad that's full of open shooters that are definitely grandmasters in the whole aspects of i'm gonna learn something off of here and i i definitely did oh yeah absolutely and all these guys all these guys are still talking to me to this day we you know we chat back and forth shoot ideas back and forth so it's been great Mm-hmm. That is that is pretty awesome. Thanks, guys, for stopping in the middle of this awesome conversation with Mr. Jimmy Erickson. But we need to talk about the podcast sponsors because they're fabulous and awesome. Got to remember the title sponsor of the podcast, Go Fast, Don't Suck. Go over to Bill. Check him out. Um, he's sporting the sport, so you should be sporting him. He's a great dude, funny, and the memes are slightly true. So anyway, guys, so go check out GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Don't forget, run over to huntershdgold.com. Order yourself a pair of glasses from Brian. If you've not seen him at a match, you um, are sadly mistaken, and you need to go find a match he's at and go see him at his Magical Mystery Tour. 
He's fabulous, fantastic. He'll let you demo a pair. He's even got candy for you. Uh, if you like energy drinks, he's got kind of gold. If you're pretty cool, he might even give you a cigar. So go out and check out huntershdgold.com. Thank me later. Can't forget dominatedefense.com. Use the code MANNYTALK10 for 10% off a Mach 1 speed belt combo. Thank me later because you'll have the best belt in the business that's going to last four to five times longer than any double alpha product. So you guys, go over to dominatedefense.com. Tell them Manny sent you as well and move on. Don't forget, we can't forget um, divtechshop.com. Nathan over there is awesome. Um, if you guys, by the time you listen to this, he'll be on the podcast. So he's coming on. So Manny Talk shooting for 10% off your order. Um, I just ordered new magnets because I needed a different color uh, to mix it up on this belt. And uh, I got the wife one because she's starting too. So anyways, guys, um, divtechshop.com. Get your, the most affordable, best, awesome strength magnet you need um, and move on with your day. We can't forget Targets USA makes the finest steel targetry on the planet. Steve Anderson says it, so so can I. So it's true because Jason is always innovating and improving. Uh, don't forget to run over to timheronshooting.com. Check out where Tim's going to be teaching at this year um, and next year and the year beyond because he's very busy and you need to get into a class because he's going to meet you where you are and make you better. Don't forget to run over to rangepanda.com, guys. Go check out Eric Steiner, Gianni Giordano. They're coming out with new things every single day. Um, they're fantastic and they're fabulous. So go and get yourself the newest, um, I guess it's the magnetic, uh, whatever they call it. It goes on the feed tube of your Dylan case feeder to stop those steel cases. It makes that tube easy to remove without ruining your hand. So go get that. Um, also go get every little 3D accessory press, um, press accessory you need because you need them and it makes your press look cooler. And uh, get a Range Panda sticker. He, he sends them in all the orders. So put a Range Panda sticker on something and be happy about it. Uh, don't forget, run over to ChiliCustomGunWorks.com, guys. Go and get a, that new grip for your staccato if you want it. Um, or your next open gun or limited gun. Tell your builder you want Chili Custom Gunworks parts because Chili Custom Gunworks parts are amazing. Their grips are grippy. Um, their frames are awesome. Uh, their magwells are huge. So when you miss them, uh, the, the mag goes right in. So uh, they're good with MBX mags, SV mags, you know, whatever floats your boat. Use them. We can't forget my friends over at Laugh and Load, Tony and Jackie over at the Pew Time Podcast. Go check out their merch line, get their AFT agent shirt and or the Supreme Division shirt and make sure it says open because the hashtag only should open is very true. So guys, I think that's everybody. I, if I missed you. I'm sorry because I keep, I got to put a list right here. So when I'm reading this and doing these, I've got it as a list. But anyway, guys, thank you for stopping and listening to this mini commercial during this conversation with Mr. Jimmy Erickson. Until next time, we'll see you in the end of the episode. Now, has Eric told you that you need to update your press yet? Uh, no, he has not. But... <laughs> I probably won't. I have just uh, just signed with uh, Lee Reloading to okay. shoot for for them for next year. So I I got some goodies coming from them, which I, I've always reloaded on a Lee. I've I've never had anything else. My dad reloads on a Dylan. Great presses. I just always had the Lee, and I've never. I've spent my money on primers and powder and instead of updating and going into different presses. Mm -hmm. I will say I do like, I have two Lee dies on my, my kit. I got the Lee U Lee U undersized die. And then I got the, the, the factory crimp die on mine, on my Dylan. Fantastic. Dies. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And if you they break always it, run, they always work good. yeah. And if you break it, it's 20 bucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I 
I've I've busted a couple parts. It's pretty much my own fault, but uh, they they typically take care of it. Mm -hmm. So what what are you loading on a lead loadmaster then? Actually, I'm loading on a Pro Four Thousand, and as soon as they get the Pro Six Thousand up and going, I'll be getting one of those with the full setup on it. And that and that's so progressive, four, right? Yes. That's pretty sweet. Well, I'm so, glad for you. That'll be awesome. And yeah, then, yeah, it will. You can crank two presses at once. Yeah, no, I I don't have enough arm speed for that. That's what children are there's, for, though. Yeah, there's a reason why my right arm is uh, as big as it is, and it's from the reloading press, and not what everybody else thinks. <laughs> right. That's funny. That 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 is some funny humor right there, sir. I like that. Yeah, we all got it. Mm -hmm. Got to have some humor. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, you had what? You worked what? One or two matches this year? I worked one match this year. You worked the Wisconsin sectional at Rhinelander because it's so yeah. close. Yep. That's pretty sweet. Now, what did you think of that experience this year? How was that? Ah. Uh it was great. I, you know, once again, you get the camaraderie and going around talking to other shooters, shooters that you would, you typically wouldn't get to talk to while you're actually shooting. So it was, it was nice. And I got to, uh, you know, make all my own stage plans ahead of time and watch how many people shot it in a, in a funky way that really didn't pay off to their, their advantage. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I'll, all, I'm already set up to work next year's Wisconsin sectionals, so. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's cool. I feel that it's cool to give back, you know, even if it's, you know, one or two matches a year, you know, give something back. To it the is. They, they put a lot of work into setting this stuff up and not enough people uh, appreciate it. They just want to come, they want to do their thing, and they want to leave. Well, sooner or later – nobody's going to be doing it and we aren't going to have any matches left because nobody wants to take it over. Nobody wants to help out. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, currently that the old guard, well, you know, the older gentlemen, the older crowd are the ones setting up a match and you typically don't see any younger folks out there building wall, putting walls together, putting them on the ground. And, and you're right. Yeah. Without, without those younger people coming in, we're not going to have as a sport we're going to stand in shooting boxes again and shoot 25 yards or something because that's all they want to set up yeah because they don't they don't want to take the time it's it's a lot of work especially you start carrying out them steel poppers and you know a texas star or whatever that's that's a lot of work they're it's not light they're all older gentlemen and women mm -hmm. they it's they they can't their bodies aren't going to take it that much longer so Somebody's got to jump in and somebody's got to give them a hand. Somebody's going to have to take it over. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's my kind of goal is lately has been to be able to take over. I got lucky enough. I got pushed into being the match director for the Michigan sectional in 2023. So I'm learning at a very fast pace of what the heck goes on. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I hope to see you there again next year. I definitely plan on going back. Well, I'll, I'll be happy to see you and, uh, 
we'll we'll definitely have it, it's gonna be it's scheduled and slated out to be freaking awesome so i'm i'm really excited about that um for sure but uh yeah i'm really excited about that one so yeah, I am. And now I've kind of lost my train of thought, but that's okay because I can come up with something out of my butt. Long as I don't stop talking, the listeners don't care, or at least most yeah. of them. Just just keep your plug off the camera. I don't want to see it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So looking into the, those matches next year, have you thought about trying to go to nationals? I have. In fact, um, I thought about it this year. And things just didn't play out to my advantage. I was actually, my first choice was going to be the Infinity Open in Texas. And my uh, buddy, Will Stowe, him and I were going to hook hook together and go and shoot that shoot that one together. But, uh, of course, they canceled it. Mm-hmm. Just to like stay going on, we need to get into the politics of it. Which, which one were bees? It, it looked like it was going to be a, a solid match. It was going to be really good. And uh, I, I was looking that that was probably the match I was looking forward to most this last season. And then they canceled it. Typical life, you know, the ones that you want to do the most get canceled. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It always seems like that. Right. You know, it's one of those things of, you know, you, know, you never get around to or it just seems like the one you the one you expected to be the best. It's always the one that gets shit can. It's like your birth, your buddy's birthday bash. So you're like, oh man, I can't go. I got life crap going on. And you're like, but you know, is what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then it was just, it was too late. I couldn't, I put in for nationals, but uh, I got put on the wait list. Of course it was too late. It was already full by the time I filled out for that. And uh you know, it it's just the way it, it went. Hopefully next year, though. I would love to shoot Nationals next year. And uh, I'm going to try for Dragon's Cup, but that's that's going to be a tight one. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there. Yeah, especially since it's kind of early in our, in our season. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit early, but that's, that's typically not the too bad of the issue, except... There could be snow on the ground. Yeah. Well, for us. Yeah. Oh, well, I know mean, it snows in Texas. Don't let them fool you. There is still snow. <laughs> it doesn't last very yeah. long. Yeah, but they say everything's better in Texas, except for when it snows, they all turn into big wusses and they shut down cities. You got three quarters of an inch of snow. Come on, people. Yeah. Well, and the, I, when I, my best friend lives in Austin. So he, they don't have the infrastructure for snow or ice, it seems like. They're like, oh, we get one little snowstorm and that's about it. But they, they're just like, well, we, we can't handle it. So we just move on. I, I don't slow down from 70, 70 miles an hour until we hit three or four inches of snow. And then I might lock it in four-wheel drive. Yeah. Speaking of four-wheel drive, what do you drive anyway? I drive a 2015 uh, Ram 1500. <laughs> Nice. I I drive a 2011 and it rapes my wallet. That's all it does. Ah, uh, mine mine's not bad actually. It my my dad and I built the truck. It's got six inches of lift and uh 37 inch tall mud tires. It's always had mud tires on it this entire life. Mm-hmm. I drove that. I drove that from here all the way down to you guys, uh for area five and 
Ryan rocks in that. And that's, that's a eight and almost just a little over eight hours of a drive. Mm -hmm. And I averaged, I averaged 18, I think it was 18.6 miles to a gallon. Aren't you lucky? I am barely lucky to get 15 on the highway. So that we, we got a, uh, Diablo sports program tuner in it with unlock uh, ECM. So it's, it's not your, your stock truck. It's definitely, it's got some tune work done to it. Is that a V6 or a V8? It's, it's a V8 five, seven Hemi. Oh, okay. I think I, I've got the 4.7, 4.7 liter V8. So, but it's a white truck and I hate white trucks. You know why (laughs) they pick up so much road (laughs) contaminant that they just rust in and yeah yep white trucks are the hardest trucks to keep clean mm-hmm. they hide the crap great but it just gets on them and underneath them and it starts rusting crap out i'm having yep. the, the the rocker panels are going on it and i'm, I'm not happy about replacing them because i know it's just going to cost me money <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it's it's one of those where do you keep putting money into it or do you just trade off and get something different at this point I can't complain. I bought my truck. Oh God. When did I buy this truck? Maybe I've had it almost two years now. I paid three grand for it and it only had like 116,000 miles on it. I'm like, this is too good to pass up, even though it's, you know, at the time it was like, Oh, it's just a, it's just a Dodge. I'm like, but it's like, I like this truck. It's roomy. It's comfortable, but I like my gas mileage, my little speedy zippy car around too. Cause it gets me dirty. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't do things with a car that you can do with a truck. That is true. Like, pull a camper. You can't do that with my car. No. Or pull my friggin' gun case. Thing weighs a ton. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty true. That is true, too. Can't pull can't pull it with a gun safe. And you can't put kayaks on top of the car. That's a problem, too. You can't do that. Yeah. Now, do you have the, the six-and-a-half-foot bed? Uh, no, I've got the, the one that's a hair bit shorter than that. Oh, okay. It's really a... short bed. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why they make sure. Sh- Which I don't... is perfect. It's perfectly fine for me. I, I couldn't care less. I've, it's never been like a, oh my God, I wish I needed a, I wish I had a truck with a longer bed. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have. I wish there was a lot of things I had that was longer and that's definitely not my truck bed. <laughs> right. My only complaint about the shortest truck beds is the fact that, you know, if you want a piece of like uh, plywood or something or some boards, you know, they're all jacked up out the back. and Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. People don't like it. Well, they can go around me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Catch yeah. Now, do you have the full back, the back seats, are they the full doors or are they the quad cab doors? No, they're the full doors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the king, king cab but it's the one that's just a little bit shorter than that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, my doors, my rear doors on my truck, they don't open up like a Ford's, you know, like half cab. They open like, yep. a, it opens like a real full door, but it's just that shorter door. But, yeah, it's a shorty. But you wouldn't notice it unless you were looking at a truck that actually had the full doors and then like a king cab right next to it. Yep. I will say though, those are really roomy, but they're really long when you put put an eight foot box behind it <laughs> yeah yes they are you get that you get the king cab with the the long box on it and the dually the things 
nine miles long. Probably need a parking lot to turn around in. Oh, yeah. Now, do you drive with your mirrors um, up or are they in the down position when you're driving? No, they're they're in the down position. I don't need no Dumbo ears on my truck. <laughs> Dumbo ears. I always called them moose antlers. Yeah. Yeah, no, that drives me nuts. It's like you're, you're not a big rig trucker, buddy. Uh, just put your mirrors down. Mm-hmm. You, you aren't getting yourself anywhere here. Yeah, I only I only kept them up due to the fact that I had them perfectly adjusted for pulling my camper. And I'm like, I'm used to these, so I'll leave them up. And then I think I let somebody borrow my truck for like two months because they were without a vehicle. And they're like, yeah, they just put them down. I'm like, oh, whatever. I, I sold the camper anyway. So I was like, they don't need to be up now. They they do come in handy if you're pulling something real long. <clears throat> um, but I've I've actually never personally <clears throat> pulled anything long enough to uh, warrant that. And I've pulled some pretty pretty long trailers. We got the tool trailer and the dump trailer and that that we uh, pull regularly. And I've I've never had an issue with it. My dad, who pulls way more than I do, he he never runs his mirrors up either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. I I wish one thing I do wish about Ram trucks. I wish they'd switch their mirrors. I wish they were kind of more like a Ford or a GM mirror style, but that's just me. Yeah. The thing I notice with the split mirrors is when you're backing up, mm-hmm. you're always looking at that split. It's that's right where you actually need to see the what's behind you is right where that split would be, and you, you just never get to see what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always how it seems like, right? Yep. So, um, I usually like to ask a couple of these questions. What is um, something that current Jimmy would like to tell past Jimmy about shooting. Just let it go. Just don't get worked up. Let everything go. Do you, but do you so say, when, do you sing it like I'm, Elsa? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Especially not with this crackly voice from this head cold that I got going on. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, in, in my earlier days where I put it, I put a ton of time in doing dry fire one, one winter. And uh, it was my first year shooting USPSA. And I come in and I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do pretty good. I'm going to clean up real well because I put all this time in and I just made my own mistakes, my own mental, my mental game just wasn't there. My, uh, my footwork, my draws, my actual shooting was there, but my mental work wasn't there. So and then I wouldn't do as good as I thought I would do on, on a stage. And I, you know, I get upset. It, it, it is what it is. And I've actually, I've, I've gotten really good with that. My mental game's pretty solid at this point, but uh, I would just tell I tell myself, let it go and shoot open sooner. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are some pretty awesome words that I think a lot of people should hear. Just shoot open, do it now. Just, just max out your credit cards if you have to, but but just get yeah. it open done. And uh, well, it it doesn't cost as much as everybody thinks to get into open. You can do it for a pretty reasonable price. Um, mm-hmm. I bought my first open gun, I for like two grand, and I had the holster, and it came with a bunch of mags and all that. And I was into open and and shooting for for two k. 
and then you just got your your reloading press and all your other stuff it really doesn't cost much more to load nine major than it does to load nine minor and it's mm -hmm. about a wash for 40. yeah you got a little bit more powder and that's about it mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah depending on what powder you have to go to or whatnot you know the, the price of per pound but yep speaking of powder what powder do you run i uh i run shooters world major pistol powder behind a 125 grain dg bullet have you been having issues finding um, shooters world major powder still i don't my dad's got a good connection so uh he he talks with the owner herself and uh so we we've we've got a good stockpile let's just put it that way that's good because i do know some shooters who have been using you know major pistol and they've been having a hell of a time finding it so i i've heard that too i've you know it's one of those things where for a while there, re reloading supplies were almost impossible to find. People were scarfing them up so fast. Luckily, I was stocked up on, I'm good on powder yet, starting to get a little low on primers. That That's that's going to scare me here in a little bit when I, I pull my pocketbook out for primers. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's not fun. <laughs> no. That's not fun for sure. So who have been some of your uh, biggest mentors and supporters in this sport? Uh, well, my parents have been my one of my biggest supporters in the support in the sport. But I just, you know, I just go go along with it. When I when I look at at people I that that are shooting the sport, I always look at the best and who's winning the most, who's doing who's got the most wins on their belt. So I, I'd always look for, you know, JJ Ricasa, Christian Seidler, Casey, and actually I switched to open and I really, I just dove into their, what I could find of them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I just figure out what they were doing and how they're doing it and put my spin on it to make it work for me. So my, uh, as far as support, you know, my parents support me, my kids support me. And to be honest with you, that's, that's like all I got. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have much for friends. Um, I got the people I shoot with and, you know, our, our shooting sport, everybody pretty much supports everybody. So there, there is that too. Mm -hmm. But as far as family wise, it's just my kids and my parents. That's all I got. Well, that's good. And especially like, you know, you grew up, you know, you grew up in a good home where they allow you to love firearms and didn't frown upon it. And, you know, they back you and they make it easy. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been shooting guns in general since I was way young. So I, uh, it was pretty much all rifle all the way up until my dad got his CPL and, uh, then there was some handgun shooting in there, but nothing major until I turned. I was 22, I think, when I got my concealed carry. And that's that's when it all started. That's when my actual love for guns really kicked, kicked in gear. Um, I'd watch everything and anything I could find on guns, just guns in general. It didn't matter what it was. I loved them all. I... It, it was 
it was whatever knowledge I could find. So that went for, and then uh, the we really got into the shooting sports and started with, with the the guy who uh, did the CPL class for us, and I shot a little bit of IDPA, and I, I liked it. It was it was there's nothing wrong with it. Not necessarily my style anymore. And I shot a little bit of steel challenge. Steel challenge, it just doesn't have the movement for me. Great fun to shoot, but I uh, I hit USPSA and I've never looked back. It's that's that's where it's at for me. I love the movement and the you figuring out what what's the best way for your skill set to shoot a stage is that's that's the game right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whatever your game style is, what your plan is, it's it's all you, right? Right. That's pretty awesome. Now we are near the we are near the end of the podcast, but we need to go plug the people who help pay the bills. So go ahead and uh, plug your sponsors again, so we can show them some love. So my gun's built by Jason at Def, uh, Defiance Arms. It's a Anarchy uh, length wing gun. The probably the best customer service that I've I've done done with any work with to date. Um, DG bullets. I've been shooting shooting their bullets for about four years now. It I never have any issues. I don't even have issues with with shooting their coated bullets through my open gun. My open gun has never seen a, a regular bullet in its life. It's always been coated bullet from uh, DG. Uh, Fox River or Fox Valley custom Kydex. That's who makes my mag pouches. I wanted something solid, something that was going to hold my big stick. That's going to, you know, is when you, when you put, put some pressure to the ground running, I don't want, I don't want anything falling out. And I've had some issues with that in the past with some of the other stuff I ran. So we, uh, we worked together and he, he built me some uh, mag pouches that, I can I can run a fully loaded ma- uh, big stick and never ever worry about it falling out. In fact, I've I've actually mounted them upside down and took off across the field and I never lost a mag. So they and they still draw nice. They they pull out just fine. And then uh, new for next year is going to be Lee Lee reloading for uh, reloading presses and their dies. That's that's all I've ever personally ran. I ran some mighty armory dies for a while there. <clears throat> Good dies, no issues with the dies. Uh, but I, I always went back to the Lee. They just, they always ran smooth for me. So why change what's not broken? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's that's it for sponsors. I don't, I don't have a ton of sponsors. The ones I have are really good to me, and. Uh, I've benefited a lot from them. So thank you guys. If you guys are listening to this, thank you. I'm very grateful for it. God has blessed me with you guys. And I pray that God blesses them with, you know, real good business for many years to come. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and I'm sure, I'm sure they'll get a touch to this and then they'll appreciate all the kind words for sure. Cause you know, it gets around, right. All the good faith and, uh, 
good support we it give does. people. It gets back around, even though it might be the small little connections of so and so shares it to this person. It, it it eventually gets there. Absolutely, I uh, I get a lot of questions on my on why I shoot coated bullets in my open gun. So, and what bullets I'm shooting? You know, it's that's like other than what gun are you running for open? That's the question. What's your load for open? So I, I talk, I get to talk about my, uh, my gun sponsor and my bullet sponsor a lot. Well, that's always good then, right? Makes it easy, right? You know, it makes it, it makes it kind it's, of organic. That's for sure. It does. It, it, it almost sells itself. Yeah, that is true. Well, Jimmy, I want to thank you for coming on. Cause this has actually been quite fun for me. Um, getting to learn more a little bit about you than just seeing you at matches and whatnot. So it's been awesome to hear your story and, uh, listeners, thank you for checking out this video until next time, guys, get out and do the things and I will see you on the next one.